morning. It is uh, 6.45 a.m. here in California, and we are live from the ePortrait studio in Los Angeles. Welcome to the second annual Online Race Industry Week, presented to you by ETS Racing Fuel, Penske Racing Shop, AEM Performance Electronic, Motul, and ARP. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of ePortrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. We have people watching us from all around the world. As a matter of fact, more than 100 countries are represented in attendance this week, which tells us how big and how global our industry is. It has been so exciting for us to see how the racing industry has been responding to what we do and we are humbled and thrilled to see all the participation and endorsement we have received. With me this morning is Judy Kim, the co-founder of ePortrade, Paul Fanner, founder, president, and CEO of Racer Media and Marketing, and a special guest, a friend, a mentor, and someone we work with, with for so many years, Mr. Steve Lewis. Judy? Thank you, Francis. And another big, huge thank you to all our sponsors, ETS, Racing Fuels, Penske Racing Shops, AEM, ARP, and Motul. Thank you everyone for joining us this morning. And we do want to take and dedicate this entire week to two industry colleagues that we lost, two industry icons in our industry, actually, and colleagues of ours, Robin Miller and John Kilroy. We're certainly going to miss them, so Paul, on to you. Thank you, Judy. And uh, both uh, John and Robin are with us in spirit. And we are absolutely thrilled to be here with you again today. I wanted to uh, take a brief moment to just talk about why we're here. We're here because we're on your side. Uh, everybody on this screen is an advocate of this industry. And we cannot wait to share all the new products and services and introduce all the great panelists we have. Uh, for you this week, which is going to be, it's probably the greatest assemblage of racing leadership and thought leaders I've ever seen put together in one place. But one of the thought leaders that I want to talk about next is our mutual friend, Steve Lewis. Steve uh, was the founder of the Performance Racing Industry, PRI, and was the person who introduced the people you see on the screen. We know each other because of Steve, and I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm forever grateful to you, Steve, for all you've done. And you also happen to own a, one of the top racing teams in the world, which is uh, Nine Racing, which gave opportunity to some of the most famous American racers during the last few decades. So, Steve, good morning. Uh, we'll Seems like we have a little uh, issue with your uh, sound, Steve. So can you hear us? Uh, we have a, a little difficulties. So Steve, I'm going to, we're going to keep uh, going. So I'm going to uh, basically have you quit and then come back in and our production team will uh, basically uh, make sure we can hear you because right now we have uh, uh, you know, an issue with the sound on uh, on your side. So, Steve, just uh, uh, simply leave the uh, um, the uh, the Zoom right now, and then come back in, just like you did, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get you back in. Sorry about that. Um, 
Uh, that's what happens sometimes when you're live. And uh, we did a rehearsal yesterday and it worked beautifully, but today it's not. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, why don't we just carry on and, uh, uh, you know, share with, uh, with our audience all the uh, good things happening this week? Well, this week we have the leaders of uh, just, I think, about almost every major uh, motorsports series in the world are represented here in our lineup. Which is a great tribute to uh, what you and Judy uh, and and John had been doing, and uh, I, I think the vision behind this was to bring us all together uh, in in a common moment space where we could assess uh, what we've done in the past year and where the where the sport is heading. And where we sat a year ago, we were in the depths of a pandemic. We're now still in it, but we're coming out of it. The world has changed dramatically since then. And I remember the optimism that was shared by everybody that we had on last year about what was possible in the year ahead. And the sport has more than delivered. The growth across just about every racing series in terms of audience and, and just general interest has been stunning. The pandemic actually helped racing. People went back to what they love, what they love to do. And I think the sport's future is far brighter than we even realized as 2019 ended, and certainly as 2020 ended. So, you know, I, I think we, we happen to be in a moment where there's a gigantic wave of enthusiasm. And we're here, here to help everybody who will join us this week catch it. I think we got Steve back. Oh, good. So, Mr. Lewis. I'm, am I back? Yes, yes, you, you are. are. Beautiful. I was, gone for, I was gone for a while. I apologize. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, you have a habit of coming back once you're gone, though. <laughs> That's well, the good part. Good, good, good morning, Steve. Thank you uh, for fighting through a little bit of a technical issue. Uh, um, uh, I, I will blame it on you living in Laguna Beach. Uh, uh, we can blame it on Cox. There we go. There we go. But thank you for coming back, and thank you for introducing all of us uh, who are on the screen today. Yeah. Uh, it, my friendship with you goes back many, many years. And uh, you know, before we begin, I just have to say uh, one of the most ironic phone calls I ever received was during one of our early morning phone calls in March of 2012, when you said I want to talk to you about something in a text to me, and I got on the phone, and you told me that uh, you had sold your company to P PRI to SEMA. And, uh, and then I told you in the next breath that I had reacquired my company. <laughs> uh, from, that was a big day for both of us. Yes, it was. And I, I, the journey we've both been on is intertwined. And I want you to share with uh, everyone uh, what, what you have uh, done to get to this point in your life. You, you started PRI a long time ago. Give a little bit of that backstory right now. Well, it all started for me, uh, the whole, I never, I wasn't, we weren't raised as kids in a racing family. And uh, in 1952, uh, one afternoon on a Friday, my dad said, we're going to go to the midget races at Orange Show Stadium in San Bernardino, California. And if you asked me while I was riding from our home in Grand Terrace to San Bernardino, what I was going to see, I couldn't even draw a picture. I had no visualization. And then we parked and we walked up the ramp at the Orange Show Stadium. And we, we sat down and I looked out and there was a quarter mile dirt track with these beautiful, brightly painted and lettered cars roaring around. And that was the moment that that was it. I was in. And then uh, a few years later, when I was working at the Motors Volkswagen around 1960, I met Don Horvath, who was a Riverside racer. 
and he invited me to come up to his shop and in the evenings and work on his midget so that enabled me to get out of the grandstands and now i'm working with the midget team and in 1962 don horvath raced in the turkey night grand prix that was just held recently at ventura and he didn't make the feature race he ran in the semi mid-pack and he was dejected and after the race we were loading up getting ready to leave and this tall red-headed person came walking up in the pit area walked right up to Don, looked him right in the eye and said, Horvath, are you tired of running in the semi? I think obviously he was. Yes. And his eyeballs were kind of rolling around. And this man, this tall redheaded man said, Horvath, I can build you a car to, to win with. All you have to do is give me $2,500 deposit. I watched Don's hand reach into his pocket and out came $2,500 bills. And that tall redheaded man was Don Edmonds. Uh -huh. and Don Edmonds at that particular moment was uh, currently working at Bill Thomas race cars, building the cheetahs. And he wanted to get after the Bill Thomas program, he wanted to start his own business. And he knew that Don Horvath could do the job. He just needed a race car. So he built the first Edmunds midget, which was on the screen at yeah. number eight, Revmaster Offy. And, and you April, own that car now. What? I have that car. And then yeah, April, then April of 1963, we went to Ascot Park for the debut of that car. And he won the feature so don's words were prophetic and they uh, so that's kind of how it all started for me and i learned at that particular time uh I, I saw the value of being connected with the builder i also saw the value of having an engine tuner sonny meyer was the engine tuner so the formula was right there to have the engine taken care of and have the chassis taken care of so the driver could do its job and we we applied that theme all the way up to the end well, that's what a fantastic story. And again, our, our lives are, are oddly intertwined. That uh, My first live race experience was at Orange Show Speedway for a USAC midget race in 1964. And I had this exact same reaction. And uh, both of us have never left, I think. That's, no. uh, uh, it's the most amazing sport and, and so inspiring. Uh, I like to remind everybody that you know we're not in the entertainment business. We're not in the sports business. We're in the inspiration business. And I think that with uh, Don Edmonds, uh, you know, I think that was the foundation of the rest of the story, wasn't it? Yes, it was because uh, I got to know well. I got to know Don quite well, and uh, later in 1979, now that's a few years from 1960, I'm sitting at my uh, desk in Santa Ana, and the phone rings, and it's Don on the other end of the line, and he said, "Steve, I know you uh, want to always be in racing, and you now are." You just have to meet me for lunch and bring $2,500 so I want to build you a midget. And that came about because Doug Carruthers was his car that he was building chassis for. He switched to Grant King and Don wanted a car running on the USAC circuit and kind of disguised a bit. And so I took the money and then we built our first midget in 79 and, and we all started there and our driver was Stan Fox, which our first driver was Stan Fox, even though Don wanted Gary Bettenhausen or Billy Vukovic Jr., but we got Stan Fox, and here he is winning the 1990, the last race ever at Ascot, the Thanksgiving Grand Prix. So it was, I was there. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So it started with Don Edmonds, and then that we grew the team, and Bob East came in, and Earl Gertie, and then eventually Ed Pink was yeah. the engine man, and, and we had a great success. And that's the... Uh... Again, one of the all-time great success stories, and, and a very interesting man, Stan Fox yes. was, and uh, and you two are forever synonymous. And that was, you know, that was an iconic moment 
that it was I mean, it, you know it, it, ascot's gone uh he stanley said a, a new track record that night it will stand forever and won the race so how, how appropriate for for him and for you i uh but I think you set a record that'll stand forever with what you did with the EPAR trade. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, EPAR trade, PRI, forgive me. Uh, let's talk about how PRI came to be. And, uh, the, and, the fact that we had that race car from the early days and I was out buying race parts and fittings from Earl's and engines from Autocraft or engines from Earl Gertie. And my business was producing trade shows and publishing trade magazines, but I was in an entirely different market. Yeah. And in that, those markets that I was in, they didn't care if I raced or not. And I really never let them know. Yeah. But I had, we had the mechanism and I started just having discussions with racing people. And if you ask a question, you get really good answer. You get, they want to ask these questions. And so I, I started asking questions and, and they guided me the impetus and the synergism from for the idea of PRI came from the industry. We yeah. just kind of formatted the idea. I wasn't, I didn't come up, stand up a soapbox somewhere and say, well, let's do this. I was blessed to have the opportunity to speak with probably 15 or 20 very, very special and bright people. And they said, we need this. And they pushed me a little bit. This is what we need. And you go do this. And if you screw it, I remember I met with Vic Elbrock in his office. He was one of the, of the people, and he told me, if I screw this up, it's, he's going to fix me for good. In other words, <laughs> that was Vic's thing, because he, he, was, he, was, he was, was all motivation. in. So, well, you didn't that, screw it up. I, yeah. I got to say, we're all going to be at PRI next week and visiting with our friends and see many of our friends from SEMA and, and PRI, and we're all looking forward to it. And when I stand in that hall, I always think of you and the team that created this. And, uh, and it's gone on from strength to strength. It's, it's now you know, a huge event. And all because you took action. You're a racer. You didn't wait. You did something. And uh, that's, that's also a, you. I, I you mentioned earlier earlier about uh, Robin and John Kilroy, and John played a, 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 an amazing, important role in our organization. In fact, you know, I think if I would have been somewhere disappeared, the company would have gone on beautifully and gracefully with his leadership. He was a true leader, a, a journalist. Uh, a man with wisdom, he was the best, and he helped helped that company immensely. He did, and he was just a true friend to all of us. We we miss him dearly. Uh, and uh, you know, since you mentioned John, I'll mention Robin, who was a big fan of yours, Steve Willis, and, and loved what you guys do and loved your race team. And uh, we miss Robin more than words can express. Sure. Um, and. We carry their spirit with us as we go forward. They love this industry, and you, you know, you have a son who is now another, you know, is just won another championship here in in uh, IMSA Pilot Challenge. Tell us about Michael, and tell us about how you. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Michael, we did everything humanly possible as he was growing up. He was played soccer, he played little league, he did everything, and one day he said he wanted, to, I want to, I want to do this racing thing. So we we started in quarter midgets. But uh, I had some connections in Europe, and so we got him over there right away in go-karting and eventually into Formula 3. And he went up through the system, and that allowed me to expand my knowledge about the European scene in, in the junior programs. And Michael was forced, fortunately to race with Prima for two years, and they're the top team. They are. What that exposed me to was the desire of those teams to constantly better their programs, engineering-wise, with the technology. 
And I always had a buyer's guide in my suitcase, a PRI buyer's guide. And when uh, the Rosen family wanted to know something, they would ask me to go to coffee and I'd bring my buyer's guide. And they'd ask, where can we find a lightweight battery? Where can we get better titanium fasteners? Where can I get a better shock program? Whatever the question was, we went right to the buyer's guide. Then we would get on a computer or somehow and try to get to the company. But what was going on then very in a very rough manner, Francisque is doing now with ePart Trade. So I, that's what's so fun about this deal is that I saw the, the value or the need and then Francis came and delivered the product for the ZPart Trade platform. He sure did and, and he and Judy and John worked tire, tirelessly to build the platform. When this idea was first shared with me, I, I said, brilliant, do it. <laughs> yep. and, uh, and then now the amalgamation yeah. with the two of you for this Race Industry Week is a very powerful tool. Well, thank you. and, and uh, you know, thank you for inspiring us, Steve Lewis. Uh, thank, thank, thank you very you much, Steve. Time. Thank you. The concept for ePart Trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for ePart Trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information if it's a company, you click on request more information and then from there it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your work day in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of ePart Trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. ePart Trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.